was beautiful. Nora, appreciate that. And uh, somebody asked this morning, does anybody have an assigned seat? They, were, they hadn't been inside yet, and they wanted to make sure they did not sit in somebody else's seat. And um, I said, no, we haven't been coming inside long enough to really get planted yet in our seats to where we stake them out. What a delightful morning to be together. And at our earlier drive-in service, we had a little bit of shade this morning which at least the preacher was happy for. Um, I hope and pray that the Lord has awakened you this day and that you are here and ready to worship God. Let's just take a moment, though, before we go deeper into our worship service to just stand, turn around, and look at everybody, wave, throw them an air hug, um, shout out to them. We can talk in here. Good morning. And let me also tell you as you uh, find your seats again that we received another new member this morning, recognized another uh, covenant partner uh, in our congregation. Anna Church uh, is now a covenant partner. She's been worshiping with us for a number of years and has now stepped into that uh, more formal relationship. Uh, we were talking before that service and Nora said a really important thing. Really, all of our ministries here are open to anybody, whether you're a member or not. We don't have any, this is not a club, so we don't do things by membership only. So really, the only difference that happens when you become a covenant partner, what we call membership in an eco-church, the only difference is that you then not only get the right to, but the responsibility to vote and to hold elected office if your congregation calls you to that. And having said that to Anna, again this morning, she's heard it before in the First Foundations class, Nora chimed in and said, but you feel so different. And I think there is that which God says, hey, I've called you to this place, to this congregation. Here's where you are fed and from which you can feed others. And so now you've taken that step, and I think we do feel different. And so thanks for saying that, Nora, and a good reminder to all of us. And what a joy to, uh, uh, to see you all this morning as we continue into this time of worship. Fear is a theme for us this morning uh, as we worship the Lord. And a great song that's out there in the world these days, Fear is a Liar. Tarisha and Nora, take us into worship. Your happiness cast your feet. 
in the fire cause fear he is a liar bringing that word of God what a truth that is that fear is a liar and as we turn to the Lord in prayer we are ushered into the sanctuary of Almighty God and we are reminded that our fears have been defeated we feel them we face them but our fears have been defeated by the love of God 
and the strength that He gives us in His Holy Spirit who is here with us now in this moment and draws us into this time of prayer. Let's bow in prayer before God. Almighty God, we thank You and praise You that You love us. You who always come to us. You know that we can't. We won't. We dare not approach Your holiness with our impure minds and our unsanctified souls. And so You come to us and say, Oh child of mine, I love you. And we thank You. For that love is Your grace poured out to us that says we now are worthy. We can come. We can approach You. And it is as we sit here in this sanctuary as if we were seated at Your feet in heaven. Gazing upon Your glory as You sit upon that endless seat of mercy. We love You, Lord. We give You praise. We thank You. Father, we thirst for You to answer us in this moment and all the things we fear. Father, this morning, earlier as we prayed for Biz, Lord, even at that moment I have found out she was having yet another seizure. Lord, we pray that would be the last. And that her healing would now progress even faster and fuller. Father, this morning we pray for our sister Dottie. We pray, Lord, that strength would come and she would be bones and flesh that dance again for Your glory. And we thank You for the love and care of her family that has strengthened her through this long journey. Lord, we rejoice this morning that I believe she's our oldest member, came to the drive-in service this morning. Praise God, Lord, that all ages are coming and worshiping You here. Father, we pray for Gail, for Carol, and others who are still grieving so deeply. And hear these other names we call out. Lord, we especially pray for the teachers and administrators, not only in our county and in our homes, but Lord, as students come back to the schoolhouse, to the home schoolhouse, Lord, protect them. And Lord, help people to make smart decisions each day to protect others. And Lord, we pray for our students who have headed back to college that You would strengthen them. Lord, not only in this moment that's touched so deeply by COVID and those fears, but Lord, just homesickness and that first moment away from mom and dad. Lord, we thank You that we can do in Jesus Christ life together. And now make us bold to say, as Christ has taught us to pray, our Father, who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. 
And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you are able, would you stand for the reading of God's holy word? This morning it comes to us from yet another one of our summer songs. This uh, summer song is Psalm 27. It is a psalm of David. And again, you'll see on the screen before you uh, verses that are underlined. If, let's read those in unison. Of David, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evil doers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing have I asked of the Lord, that I will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help, cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. You may be seated. Thank you for your attention to God's holy word. What a blessing this word is to us this morning. We are speaking about fear this morning. A word that is seemingly around us on all sides these days, and not only around us, but within us also. Someone wrote a clever way to define fear he or she wrote, fear has two meanings. Forget everything and run, or face everything and rise. The choice is yours, they wrote. Forget everything and run, 
or face everything and rise. The choice is ours. The choice is ours every day. Every day we face fears and, and we see that we'd just rather run the other way. Well, we also know every day that we have fears that we must face. We have to step up to them. I have a fear, feeling that my sister Teresha was maybe just shaking a little bit as she stepped up to the microphone to make an offering to the Lord. And we sit there and go, oh, she's got a beautiful voice and what a gift she has and, and she's just up here just perfectly at ease. I have a feeling there was a little fear there and there was a part of you that wanted to turn right out of the pew and go out. We all have those fears that we'd rather run from, but we know that we have to face our fears and we hope and pray that we will rise because of those. Fear. It's in our vocabulary right now as never before. Many Christians, I sense, I feel, and I read, in fact, and see that many Christians right now fear that we might be on the losing side. Now, don't hear me wrong. I'm not speaking about the great battle over sin and death, which Jesus won. Jesus won that battle. It is done. Our victory is assured in Christ's victory. And so that, that great battle over sin and death, that's done. And we are okay. And praise God for that. No, I believe that many Christians' fear in this day and time has to do with the battle for culture. And I think this is a fear for American Christians perhaps more than Christians in other cultures because our culture is so deeply informed by our Judeo-Christian heritage and because, and this is not always good, but, but many places it is that our form of government and our faith are closely linked and have been throughout the history of this country, I think we as Christians fear that perhaps we are on the losing side of this battle for culture. And so because of that, I see and read and understand that there are many Christians in the world out there today in this country who are running from engaging the world for Christ. And they're running to their safe places to there just worship God and Jesus and have that celebration in their safe spot, whether it's their quiet time in their home or it's being here in worship in this sanctuary that we are not out there declaring Christ as we should be. And I tell you what, we don't have that option to run to our safe spots if we're going to follow Jesus Christ. If we're going to take His name and be a follower of Christ, then we don't have that option. He faced every fear that was thrown at Him, every cause for concern, worry, and fear. Jesus faced every one of those in order to let the light of the world shine into the world. And if we are bearers of His light, which we are, then we must do the same. We alone proclaim the truth that transcends all time. We alone declare the narrative of hope that the world is so hungering for. This is no time to fear. No time to fear. No time to panic. And listen, 
I, I get it. I do. I sense danger and I feel that, that strongly unpleasant emotion. That's how Webster's describes fear. That strongly unpleasant emotion and I feel it churning up from my gut down here someplace and, it, and it's churning up in me and I get frightened. You get frightened. We all do. Own that. And recognize that. And all we want to do, I get it also. We just want to run the other way. Pull the covers up over our head. You thought you were afraid to come in and sing. What am I doing standing here proclaiming God's Word to you? Ginger said I had to come. I'm the preacher. We simply cannot do that, beloved. The late Chuck Colson, writing just a year before his death, writing in 2012, he said, this moment when the culture at large is facing the bankruptcy of its systems is the worst possible time for Christians to despair. He went on, he said, on the contrary, it is time for us to blow trumpets and fly the banner high. To run away now would be historical blindness betraying our heritage just when we have the greatest opportunity we may ever face. He wrote that eight, nine years ago. And how true is it today? So how do we wave the banner in a time when fear just claws at us? We seize this day by remembering God and who He is. Because when I remember who I am, I, 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 my knees knock. When we think about the world in which we live, we see the evil and we go, oh, I want to run the other way. But when we remember who God is, we go, hey, let me wave your banner. Let me blow the trumpet of your truth, God, and put that truth in the world before everybody. David sang it. Whom shall I fear? Say that with me. It will be a good exercise. Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? Whom shall I fear? What a refrain for us to sing when we're afraid. Whom shall I fear? Because with God holding us in His everlasting arms, is there, is there one? Is there anything that we need fear? There's not a thing. And so when we're fearful, we need to sing this summer song, this 27th psalm. And as we do, we'll discover, and here's a first point this morning, the confidence in sanctuary. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. First of all, note that He is the stronghold. He's not simply my stronghold. He's your stronghold. He is not simply our stronghold. He is the stronghold. And that becomes operative in my life. He is the stronghold of my life. That word stronghold means refuge. Another word you can easily slip in there is sanctuary. In fact, the rest of the psalm uses language that speaks of being in the presence of God. It's much as we feel, or I hope and pray that you feel, as you step into this sanctuary, into other places of worship, particularly those places where you have been drawn into the presence of God. God is our sanctuary. He's the light that overcomes the worst darkness, the person in whom we are saved. God doesn't, though, in that promise, God doesn't warrant us 
against harm here and now. What God does promise, His refuge that we can flee to, is that we will never be separated from God. Nothing can separate us from God. Paul wrote Timothy, 2 Timothy 4.18, The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into His heavenly kingdom. This is the confidence of sanctuary in the Lord. It is as Paul wrote in the very end of that great 8th chapter of Romans. There is nothing, the list, you've heard it before, there is nothing that can separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sanctuary brings trust. David saying, the war arise against me, yet I will be confident. War. Some of you have been in war. I haven't. The war arise around me. I will be confident. His confidence was built on knowing he could trust God. Look at verses 4 through 6 again of this psalm. They describe life in the sanctuary. In God's sanctuary, we gaze on him who overcomes. And we feel his hope fill our fearful hearts with hope. There's an old Celtic prayer based on Psalm 27, verses 3 and 4. It, it helps us. I hope it, it did me. I hope it does you. See how sanctuary draws God into us and us into God. There's that, that drawing us together. The Celtic prayer goes like this. God, you must be the king of our minds, the Lord of our minds, so that the thought of you never leaves us and we speak, think, and act always either for you or guided by the love of you. Let our souls be thus a house of prayer and not a den of thieves. Let our souls always be occupied with you, our beloved. When one loves, one never loses sight of that which one loves. And praise be to God. He has assured us that we can never lose sight of Him because He's come to dwell in us. And listen, finding sanctuary, dwelling in the sanctuary, being in the sanctuary, is never something to be done alone, attempted alone. Now, you may have come to this sanctuary today alone, but we do this sanctuary together. When fear crouches at our heart's door, God invites us together to cry out to Him and such tearful prayers will lead us and show us the cry for support. Which is another great point in this psalm. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. We've made that prayer. In lots of different ways, we may have prayed those exact words. Hear, hear me, Lord, I'm crying. I need your grace. I need to hear you answer me. This psalm invites us to remember that when we sing this psalm, when we read this psalm, we should do it with tears in our eyes. But listen, let me assure you, this psalm invites us to see that our tears are not so much tears of sorrow. There may be sorrow in our tears, but they're not so much tears of sorrow as they are tears of gladness, of joy, of knowing that God is our constant support in life. 
In fact, I've told you before, and I'll tell you again, I cry a lot. I, oh, I am a crybaby in so many places. I cry at dog food commercials. Oh my goodness, it's ridiculous. But where I cry the most, in fact, the Spirit just did it right there, is when I ponder the joy that I am known and loved by Almighty God. Oh my goodness. Me. That he should love me. A.W. Tozer said, The Bible is written in tears, and to tears it yields its best treasures. The Bible is written in tears, and to tears it yields its best treasures. Well, Paul wrote in Romans 8 and, and reminds us of the treasure that is ours. Listen to Romans 8, 14 through 15. I think it's on the screen there before you also. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons and daughters by whom we cry, Abba, Father. God graciously supports us as He answers our fear with the presence of His Holy Spirit. So we cry out, Daddy, Hold us in this moment. And we're sitting here listening to this sermon, but there is one who has reached up and said, hold me in this moment because he's younger and he's not as trained to listening as long. It's a great reminder to me right here in front of me that the same thing in life. Do you mind if I use your pew as an illustration this morning? Thank you very much. But it's a reminder to us that we all at some moment in life, say, Daddy, hold me. I need you now. And God does because He's our constant support. Psalm 27.10 reminds us of one reason for real tears before God. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Can you imagine the heartbreak and the tears that come as parents forsake a child? I, I, I thankfully cannot, but I realize there's some in this room and in this congregation who can understand that forsakenness. And we cry with you and for you. But listen, whether your parents just adored you and loved you and held you until their dying day, or your parents forsook you, Parents finally in this world can do nothing more than give us life in this life, in this world. The Lord is the only one who can take us sin-orphaned children in, into His arms for eternity, and He does that. I'll tell you what, that makes me want to cry with joy. We need the Lord's support. David wrote, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. It's only as God leads us on that path that we can discover the courage of strength. Because we all say, hey, I want some courage. I want to be strong enough, brave enough to take on whatever is coming my way. It may be sending your kids to school tomorrow. 
I don't know what it will be for you this week, but we want that courage, and there's only one place that we can discover the courage of strength because there is only one real strength in this world. And so Psalm 27, verses 13 and 14 say, I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. What this psalm ends with is this incredible assurance to us that right now we can look upon the goodness of the lord now you can take that verse and you can say yes there is that day when i will be in heaven and i will look upon the goodness of the lord at that point no doubt about it we will see face to face but we can see even if sometimes it seems very dim as if a reflection in a mirror but we can see the goodness of the lord now today in this moment we can look with heaven's eyes upon the goodness and the glory of almighty god and as we trust in god as we gaze in belief in faith upon God's goodness then the confidence of sanctuary allows us to see the green pastures that he has given to us the living waters that he has provided for us we haven't gotten to Psalm 23 but have you noticed how many times this summer we have referenced green pastures living waters Brian when I was away referenced Psalm 23 this summer we have kept being drawn back to the assurance of how wonderful it is how peaceful it is when we are there in that heavenly spot of the green pastures and the living waters that God has given for us and God says in faith you can see that now that's the living water that flows into our hearts as our tears are poured out that's the courage the faith that we find in God's assurance so when faith hits hard which it does when faith I mean fear excuse me when faith hits hard also harder than fear but when fear strikes hard against your heart and tries to control your mind wait for the lord that's the prescription wait for the lord because when we wait on god when we don't run ahead of god when we don't fall behind god when we wait for the lord and follow right beside him then we will discover that we can be strong. When the dread of despair draws close, then let your heart take courage as you wait on the Lord. And in the confidence of the safe refuge of God, with tears of trusting joy in our eyes, and the courage that comes from waiting to see God act, engage. Engage engage because that's our mission that's our whole purpose for being saved that's the whole raison d'etre that our reason for being that we are to have as a church as the body of christ is to engage 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 and we do that as we take courage and wait on the lord to god be the glory now and forevermore and may you go out into this mission field that God has given us in the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, held by the love of God, kept in the fellowship of the Holy Spirit now and forevermore. Amen. Go in peace and be blessed.